In a fostering marriage, you're faced with stressors, emotional struggles, and hard decisions that can chip away at unity. Learn how to keep or create unity in the midst of challenges. That's coming up next. marriage that takes on the fostering journey. That's what we call a fostering marriage, and this is the show where you learn to keep your marriage the priority and make fostering fit into it, not the other way around. Welcome to the show. We hope that you are having a great day where you are. If you listened to episode zero, welcome back. We are so excited that you're here with us. If you did not listen to episode zero, go listen because we share who we are and why we're doing this. Yeah, it's always like, it's really helpful to know who the heck you're listening to when you jump on a podcast. It's like, what are these people? What are they? Well, they're humans. Are you a human? (laughs) I'm a human. I am. Okay, that's a good start. So you can relate to us in that way. But no, go back and listen to that because it's uh, it'll we'll really share really our heart why we're doing this show, a little bit about ourselves and our journey. But that really brings us to today's episode. So exciting. Very much so. Why is it exciting to you? Because we're talking about unity, which is like one of the biggest things that we can have in our marriage. It's the most important thing. So today we are talking about how to keep or create unity in our fostering marriages. A little bit on first, why is this so important, this whole concept of unity? Uh, that, you know, so we're, we, are, we are Christians. That's our background, and we come from that perspective often. But even if you're not, even if you're not a believer or a person of Christian faith, please don't be offended by that and let that turn you off because we hope that you are still going to gain a ton of information that's going to help you from this show. That just That's our belief system, uh, and so we don't shy away from that. So that's what we're going to—we'll talk about that a lot. But this whole concept of unity is really what marriage is about, that we are either contributing to unity every day or we're taking away from it. And we have to protect the marriage, and we have to protect unity. I mean, going from a faith perspective, a Christian perspective, is that God is a God of wholeness and relationship, and he wants married couples to be one. That's where we see his image. But you know what? Things work better when we tend to be more unified, when we tend to be moving in the same direction, when we tend to be more on the same page. And for those couples that often are not on the same page or would say, nope, Joel and Mary Beth, we don't feel very unified at all. There's a lot between us. You all are really walking through those struggles, and we hope that this episode is helpful for you. Yeah, so when we were talking about this episode, we're like, what are a few keys that we want to discuss uh, just to help you have greater unity? And for me, one of the first things that came to mind was prioritizing connection. When we got our foster placement, this is our second one, but when we got really both of them, there was doctor appointments and there was visits with biological parents and therapy appointments and appointments with DCS and you know, just there's a whole litany of things to do. And all of a sudden, you're like out of time, you're out of energy, you're drained because that's just things to do and not even parenting these little people that have come into your house. So for us, I was like, we need to have time together. We need to connect because when we don't connect, that's when we start not being on the same page. And so prioritizing that time is super important. And the thing is, it's gonna look different for every family. You just kind of have to be intentional and make it happen. Don't let your pride keep you from calling your best friend and saying, hey, I need a break. I need to go out with my husband for a night. Can you watch the kids for one night? 
you know, DCS offers respite care. Um, if you're with a foster organization, maybe they offer respite care. But find a way to make that happen for your marriage. So, like, for you, why – that I think probably connection mm-hmm. and all things that that means is probably – even more important for you and i think a lot of that is because you're at home every day <laughs> with small you're people with small people you're with we have four kids two of them are our our foster kids i go to work every day yeah. and i play with adults you're with kids all day yeah. and so i think your job is far harder than my job is in your words like why why is connection so important well first of all so i don't lose my mind <laughs> you know that's helpful <laughs> Frankly. I also selfishly benefit from that. Yeah, well, you know, whoever I can benefit is good. But also, when we don't spend that time together, I find myself feeling like I am doing this completely on my own. Even though, logically, I could go to a place and be like, that's not true. When you're home, you're very much engaged. But because I do take on the bulk of the tasks, I can get to a point of feeling very isolated and very alone especially, I mean, we know plenty of adoptive and foster families, but our closest friends aren't actually adoptive or foster families. And so a lot of times they don't understand to the depth of what I'm going through because they haven't experienced it. Yeah, yeah. And so for me, that's such an important time to connect with another adult, but specifically to connect with you as my partner and as my best friend We need to have that time and we need to make that a priority so that I'm sane and healthy and good for the kids. Yeah, so it's like one of the things I'm hearing you say is that it's not just about just getting away from the kids. Right. Because you can do that by yourself. Right. It's not about even getting away and going to a movie. It's not about going and just in going away. It's about being able to actually connect in the marriage when we're actually especially when we're not parenting when we are on on dates when we're on weekend getaways and i think that's where communication comes in into place so much that's not good enough to just sit there and watch a movie it's like the connection is truly the most important part i think that's so important because it's a lot of i think it's easy to say well let's just get away from the kids and then maybe you can do your thing and i can do my thing and let's get you a break Because that's really not at all what you're saying. No, I mean, I could get a break, but having that time away with you where we can bond and we can reconnect and be on the same page and see the things that I love about you, you know, where it's not just all focused on children. Yeah, because, I mean, if you're on this journey, I mean, you know how consuming that can be, especially depending on the stressors and the challenges that are there, that how much of your attention is on the kids. How many conversations does it dominate that even on a date (laughs) night, are you finding yourself talking about the kids, talking about fostering, talking about figure out other things to talk about? This is why one of the premises of this show or one of the priorities is that you make fostering fit into your marriage, not the other way around where it's a, well, now we're married and now we've decided to foster and then our marriage becomes second or third priority to the kids if you want to walk a more difficult path, keep going that path. Yeah. If that's where sure. you're at, keep listening and put in the work to learn and to grow to get back to making your marriage 
number one in your relationships here on earth, because I would say your relationship with God is number one. It should be number one. But for your human-to-human relationships, if your marriage isn't number one, you are allowing so many things to get in the way of unity and of greater communication, greater decision-making, being on the same page. So, yeah, do you have something else to say? Yeah, I was going to say, even with that, I know that when we are on the same page and when I feel connected with you, I'm a stronger parent for those kids. When I'm feeling isolated, when I'm feeling like I'm doing this on my own, we're not on the same page, I can't parent them as well. And I think that's true for you as well. Yeah. Why do you think that is for you? That's a great question. I think really what it comes down to is I'm getting stuck in these thoughts, these almost victim thoughts, I would call them, of I'm doing this on my own, you don't care, and now there's this frustration and these other things, and I've already got enough stress with the kids and all the appointments and all the stuff that comes with their trauma, but now I'm adding a stressor in another area of our relationship. And you know, and I'm like, stress doesn't help anybody. Sure. We need to do things that are going to lower this stress, which for me means we need that connection. Yeah, I would say for me as well, it's like when we are very relational people uh, and we are best friends and when we aren't unified or there is stress or there's distance or there's been a lack of connection, it's like our marriage is not the same. So I think think about couples who have allowed that and never addressed it. For months and months or years of years of not being able to prioritize the marriage and making the kids fit it. Kids should not be number one. We're really getting into a lot of areas of where does worth come from? Where do you find significance as a person? This is where like this whole concept of of worth and self-worth affecting our decision making is that men is that we are very guilty of finding that worth from performance that significance from performance or work or accomplishment or result in the workplace or in our productivity where mamas, you guys are are guilty. Exactly. It's often in the babies. It's in the kids. And if if they are happy and good, I'm now happy and good as a mom. It's not, I'm, I'm, I'm generalizing here when I say these gender trends, but in, especially in my profession and line of work, I see a lot of this. So that brings us really to key number two, which is quality communication. So we are going to end up talking about quality communication a ton on this show because when you're talking about maintaining a marriage or growing your marriage and improving it, if you don't have quality communication, it's just not going to happen. So much boils down to how good is your communication and You're probably going to learn if you stick with the show and listen to it long enough that there is so much in us that comes back to how do we communicate. It's how we were raised, our training from our past, our personality styles. We're actually pretty soon we're going to do an episode devoted to personality styles through the lens of DISC personality styles in marriage because it's a critical part of understanding each other and understanding your partner, let alone understanding how to better communicate with them. And we're not going to deep dive into that today, but right now, this key number two to creating more unity in your marriage is really focusing on the practice of quality communication. Yeah, so what does that look like for you? So for me, it's about keys like this. Listening, Mm -hmm. really honoring you, What are you saying? What do you mean? Not making assumptions, 
asking questions, slowing down my own thinking, not listening to spar or argue, but yeah. listening to understand. So in my past, oftentimes my communication could be listening to spar or it could be listening to argue or to be right or to try to win something. Yeah, I think those are really good thoughts. I think the assumptions and gaining perspective is something that we've both grown in a lot in the last several years. And just when there's even a potential conflict, you are so great about, okay, let's ask a question. And now let me ask another question. And just listening and trying to truly understand what I'm saying. And I feel very heard where in the past, that wasn't the case. Sure. And so I think those things of assumptions and gaining perspective are really important. Yeah. So when you say, I'm going to ask a question right now okay. to gain perspective. So what do those words mean? What's gain perspective really mean? You're trying to really truly understand what I mean. You're asking me a question. If I say something, instead of just assuming that you know what I'm saying, you may ask another question to help you understand, okay, what am I saying or why am I saying this? And yeah, I think that pretty much sums it up. Yeah, yeah. So on some of these keys here on quality communication, you know, one of these sub keys, if you will, is this whole idea of slowing down and practicing patience. And that is really being so deliberate and intentional with what's going on in your brain. When you are loving your spouse and honoring your spouse, you are, you are really caring about the words that come out of their mouth. It's not just words. I mean, words mean a lot. They represent a lot. And so it's about my spouse is communicating, and I fail at this all the time still, but it's a, hey, Mary Beth is talking, and this is a serious thing she's talking about. Listen to what she's saying. And don't, these other things I've had to learn to practice are, you don't have to fix everything. <laughs> Amen. You know, <laughs> you don't have to fix everything. You don't have to repair everything. Yeah. It's, you don't have to brush off things. Don't minimize things. Yeah. When someone is sharing something that they're struggling with, if you catch yourself with a force of habit of saying, well, all you need to do is watch that because that is massively unhelpful. Yeah. So we've got to slow down and practice patience in the communication. Why? Because you're choosing to be on the same team. You're choosing to love and honor your spouse, even though they're very different from you. Yeah, I think I was just thinking right now about this time. Gosh, it was probably a year or so again. I was so bothered by something that you had done and I hadn't brought it up and I was ready to say something, but I was, I mean, I was just mad. And so I finally just got to this point after some prayer of feeling like, just ask a question. And the first thought that came to my mind was, why are you doing that? Do you want to make me mad? <laughs> that would have gone so well. <laughs> so I think even just that idea of watching your tone in asking your questions, of just like, I know your character. You're not a jerk. You're a good guy, you know? And so if I'm asking a question that way, that just puts you on the defensive. And now we're not going to get anywhere. Yeah, so let's like share the story there because it's such a relatable story. So the situation was there are those times, if I remember it all right, there are those times like when we go on, on vacation and then we get momentum of sleeping in and then we come home and sleeping in on weekends is so nice. And we actually are in a place where the kids actually don't get up at three o'clock in the morning where they actually sleep in or stay in their room or whatever it may be. And we actually can get more sleep, you know, praise the Lord. And so it builds up this habit. Yeah. 
Well, then we're into the day. It's later than I even want to get up, but it builds up that habit. So what happened in this situation, if I remember, was you take it from yeah, there. Yeah, I was getting up with the kids and Joel was staying in staying bed. Staying in bed. It's like, I know, and, Joel, Joel fell. And <laughs> hey, we all have our failures, right? But instead of just going and saying, hey, don't, don't do that or can we talk about this or whatever. Or respond to me in anger. Yeah, I mean, I just let it build up and build up and build up and just I was just kept waiting for you to make quote the, the right choice yeah. you know yeah. but without saying anything without communicating and so it finally got to a point that I'm like I'm over it I am so over this and so that's when I was ready to go on the attack and I just got that check of don't don't do that that's not going to help your marriage it's not going to help the situation and so I we got in the car it was going out for date night, and I was like, is sleeping in really important to you? Because I got to this point where I'm like, if this is really important to him, then maybe we can have a trade-off, where if he gets that, then I can have a break in a different way. Yeah. You know, I'm like, this is a problem that can be solved by communicating about it, rather than me just attacking you and, you know. Yeah, so like, was, was there, I'm assuming as you were stuffing that down, Yeah. that... <laughs> It was conflict for you to come and just talk to me about yes. it. Like, yeah. what? why was it conflict, though? Why didn't you just address it way before you ever did? Because I was bothered by it. And so, I don't know. Because it's like, I, I sit here and I'm like, well, that was really dumb because I know you. And I know you wouldn't have gotten upset about it. But I think a lot of my training in my, my past was just, don't say anything, don't say anything, don't say anything. So while we've grown a lot, both of us... It is, I mean, those things from our past are still part of us and we still have to choose and I still had to choose to say something and I, in this case, did not. Yeah. So in disc personality land, uh, yes. you're in, you're a high S, you're a high I and you're a high C. Yeah. So we'll get more into this in the future if disc is new to you, but the I and the S are relational. Well, the S personality style hates conflict. Hates it. Well, I have a lot of S in me, but you have more than me and I have even more I than you do. And I have a pretty high C as well. Not as high as yours, though. But So we're very similar people. So we hate conflict. Hate it. So when she comes to me and then you said, is sleeping in that important to you? My response was, not really. And I've even been thinking about this. And I know that I need to change this already. I'd already been thinking, this doesn't need to go on anymore. I don't need to be doing this. Mary Beth is out with the kids. Joel, you need to make the change. And then as soon as we had that conversation and I knew that it was that important to you or we talked through it, it was over. Yeah. And we moved on and I stopped sleeping in and we moved on with life. Well, and I will say my the one funny thing that I don't know if I've even shared this with you, but when you first said to me, you know, it's not that important. I've even been thinking about it. I had this momentary, then why haven't you changed that went through my head? Thankfully, I held my tongue because again, I think that brings us to... The third key, which is being generous with each other. We don't have to say everything that comes into our mind. I could be gracious. And in that moment, I chose, you know what? We've had the conversation. I played a part in this by not saying anything earlier. Just hold your tongue and move on. So, but yeah, key number three is just being generous with each other, which yeah, can you, you look should, in a few you should, you should give me more French fries. That's how you could be generous to me. French fries every day of my life. No, what 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 does this really mean when we say be generous to each other? 
I was going to say, you ate all the French fries the other day. <laughs> okay, yeah. I had two. That's true. Uh, <laughs> but you didn't want them. That, well, that's true, too. I factored that in. I, is it being generous if you don't really want it to start with? I, that's how I see it. <laughs> well, it can look like a, different, a bunch of different things. On the small scale, one example, even from the other day, is we both wanted to go, you know, we were going out for dinner. And we wanted to go to a different restaurant. He wanted one. I really didn't want it. I wanted another. He didn't want it. And ultimately, I was like, well, here's the thing. I just really want red meat. And it wasn't served at the one restaurant that he wanted. And he's like, well, we can go to yours. And I was like, well, are you sure? You know, like we can do this or do this. And I was looking for a compromise. And instead of having a compromise, he's just like, let's just do what you want. And so for me, I felt very loved in that moment of you just choosing to serve me by giving me what I want, even though it wasn't what you desired in that moment. Yeah. Yeah. So in bigger ways, when we say generous, I mean, generous is, is, is giving, but it's also sacrificing. It's not being selfish. It's choosing the other person over you. So, you know, if you're the person in your marriage, that's like, man, Joel, that's always me. I'm always that person. I get how hard that is. There's a lot of practice of having to die to self that you have to do. My goal, my encouragement is, is try to get onto the same page. Try to put resources in front of your spouse. If they're not the one that's really generous and serving that way, like personality style wise, you know, if you're a a high S introvert, stable, loyal, super serving person, all you do is serve, 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 serve eventually it gets old and you want to be served and you may not be married to that person. So we're going to hit other episodes in the future that hopefully will help in these situations. But generous, it means at times it's being sacrificial. It's looking at where am I being selfish here and saying, no, I'm going to lay that aside to benefit my spouse. So now imagine if both of you are practicing that. Because now it's not just a, gosh, I feel like I'm the one always having to lay down my interest or my desire, my restaurant choice, what I want to work on, how we spend time at home, what we watch on TV, what we do with our money, where we go on vacations, or how do we actually parent our kids? How do we serve people? Whose friends do we hang out with? And there's all these opportunities to create conflict and create disunity. This becomes a practice where both people are moving in a direction of learning to not be as self-focused and selfish as we all can be. Yeah, and that can be really hard. Like you said, I love the word practice that you use. I mean, we're not perfect at it, but I think we, you know, we're moving in the right direction and we just keep practicing generosity with each other. But that also looks like, like I said before, with just holding my tongue on that comment and shutting down things like judgment or bitterness or resentment. So another way we can be generous to one another is really looking at your spouse and believing, looking for the good in them, looking for the positive, believing that they have your best interest at heart is so critical rather than sitting in a place of assumption, judgment, bitterness, because A lot of that comes from our past. Yeah. A lot of that comes from our upbringings that we could even respond in that way of, do you go, wow, I'm so relieved in that answer, or is the response, well, now now I'm just going to judge that, or am I going to be controlling on that comment because I'm still struggling? I don't like the thing that you were choosing to do. So in other words, it's a, because you weren't perfect, 
I'm upset and I'm and I'm mad. And we have to look at ourselves and say, okay, who is that really about? Yeah. So another way, you know, to be generous is to be graceful and understanding of each other's struggles. We come into this fostering journey and all of a sudden, man, there are some triggers that happened. And I think just being able to give each other some grace and not have to correct everything if you don't think that they're parenting the way that you think they should be parenting. Just recognizing you have your struggles, they have theirs, and just giving each other a little space on that. Yeah, totally. It's uh, when you're when you're under stress and you're feeling emotionally out of control. And I don't mean out of control like the Tasmanian devil and you're throwing <laughs> stuff. I mean, when we tend to be stressed and we get triggered, we are what I teach and what I say is we're out of control. And then we respond in out of control from a place of being out of control. And that may be overly critical. It may be overly negative. It may be overly just controlling. It may be nitpicky. Yeah. Because And then you're watching your spouse struggle and you don't like when they struggle. So you make it about you. And now you get upset with them because they're not being the person that you want them to be. And so operating in grace and understanding and gaining perspective and really saying, hey, if you even need to bring it up, what are you struggling with? It seems like you're really stressed today more than usual. Let's just talk about it. And guys, it's so key to remember you are on the same team. Yeah. You're on the same team. So sometimes some people cannot even receive questions that they immediately go on the defensive just because a question is asked, such as, hey, how are you feeling? Why are you asking me that? I'm, I'm fine. Why are you always saying that? I, I'm not, I just, I know, I, I've been watching you the whole time since you've been home. I know you've been just waiting to like judge me or say something. I know I'm a mess and I'm this and I'm all this struggle. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. That is such a loss of worth. That is out of control right there. Yeah. Rather than remembering, wait, we are on the same team. Yeah. Let's treat each other like we actually are. And this person loves me and they want the best for me. And I think that's a key right there is just keeping in mind who you chose to marry. You married somebody that you loved and they loved you. And so keeping the focus on that person's character and that love where you can move forward and go, okay, I'm going to look at this from a place If this person loves me and they are asking out of love, not out of judgment. Yeah. And that's where really also tone comes into play as well. Because if you come and ask and say, hey, how are you feeling? What a person just heard was what's wrong with me. Yeah. And you're crazy. You're crazy. And so it's there's so much to practice, guys. There's so much that we need to be practicing. This isn't about mastery. I think another thing that comes to mind on this being generous to one another is also looking for where you have responsibility when mm. you do have conflict in communication, not being so prideful and being able to say, hey, this is how you communicated that. And it was, it was harsh or just to make up an example. And so I didn't receive it well and I went to a bad place and that's all on me. That being said, if you could communicate more like this or this, that would help me a lot. It's easy to go to blame or to defensiveness, or it's easy to go to, well, I should be able to say however I am. Don't you know that I love me? I'm your spouse. I'm sorry. It's not, that's not, that's, yeah. it doesn't work that way. Yeah. It just doesn't. You're going to continue to contribute to conflict. And what you're really saying there is, is that why can't I be selfish? 
Yeah. Why can't I communicate with you the way that I want to without but you, have you to struggling? Commu- but you have to communicate kindly back to me. Exactly. It's, yeah. That's a controlling thing to do. So by the way, if you're new to the show, I mean, everyone's new to the show. It's episode one. It's a new one. show. <laughs> you know, it's, I say that because I cut podcasts in my other life all the time. But it's like, at times, we're going to be really on the nose on stuff and very detailed and probably say things that are like, wow, that was like really hard to hear or that yeah. was very bold or that was very like, I just, I shoot straight. Yeah. Because I, I drive toward clarity and transparency. And I say these things and teach stuff and say things that I'm also in process of practicing. Yeah. I've not mastered them and I recognize them in myself. But I think that we, we grow as people and we find healing when we actually have people in our life who will just be honest with us. So to wrap up episode number one, the three keys to focus on keeping unity, creating unity, Uh, the three that we discussed today anyway, uh, are prioritizing your connection time with each other. Make sure that is happening. Yeah, quality communication, quality communication, quality communication. Yeah, and then being generous with each other. So we hope this episode has been helpful for you. We hope you join us in the next episode of Fostering Marriage. Bye for now.